Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the D-Hoop University podcast. This is your host, Daryl Harris, also known as D-Hoopster. Episode 12, nah man, 12. Shout out to those uh, Dwight Howard commercials from like 2010, if you remember. 12 is a pretty cool number. When I was little, playing park basketball, numbers kind of went by size. And, you know, one, two, two, four, six, blah, blah, blah. And I ended up with 12 from like Hemingway Park and Carson for like four years in a row. Shout out to those Jazz teams. Shout out to those Warriors teams. Omar and Rashawn, my day ones. Y'all was on those teams with me. Fun fact, Steve Lacey was actually on one of those teams as well. If you don't believe us, I'm sure there's a city record somewhere that will prove it. (laughs) This was a good Sunday episode. The energy is nice and high. Got some productive stuff done today. Gave the cat a can of food. She ate good today. And we ate good because we had a game seven. So Shiv and I, casual diehards, break it down, give it our full attention on this episode and spin that into round two vibes. Top it all off, we have volume three of the playoff power rankings. We're only down to eight teams now, so we're putting those eight in order of who we're taking the most serious top to bottom. Enjoy the episode. Have a great week as well. Without further ado, let's talk some hoops. What happened to them boys? You thought they were going out? You thought they were going out like that? When we tried to tell you. Tried to tell them. We we made it a point to bring up what the Warriors have done when their backs have been against the wall and their current construction's history. And we asked the question, were the Kings of 2022-2023 going to join the 2019 Raptors and the 2016 Cavaliers as the only two teams, hypothetical third, to have beaten Steve Kerr, Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and the Warriors in the postseason. We told you they wouldn't. I said it in about one sentence. Great season, Sacramento. You're going to lose in the first round on episode two. And it went all the way to game seven. But we told you these guys weren't going down like that. They knew it. Um, we knew it. And I had I had Golden State in six, took them seven, but – I took the Warriors to win on our last episode, and I'm and I'm not surprised with the out the output. Where do you want to start with this game? Like, how do how do you want? Yeah, to no, it? Game Seven is going to be uh, first and foremost for sure. And I'm I'm here to kind of my takeaway from it. Game Sevens are always really cinematic. They feel like a movie, mm-hmm. and you do get some finality by the end. It's like, all right, this chapter is put to bed. You know, it was a good chapter. And the game, certain points do stand out. But overall, it's going to go down as, you know, the the Steph 50 ball game. He literally made history today. Yeah. And you're just going to replay in your head, you know, shots that he's making and layups that he's hitting. And the feeling that took over in the second half of – Yep, this guy, this guy is going to have the last, the last say. 
He does that. I mean, yeah, most points in a game seven history. I think KD had it at 48, which is pretty impressive. So 50 ball happened. Steph had been playing well the entire series, but we didn't have the Steph nuclear game. Yeah. And just when you thought it might not happen because De'Aaron Fox has been playing him incredibly well. Davion Mitchell was a different look that he hadn't seen before. Steph does what he does time and time again. And he puts the team on his back in an impressive array of finishes around the rim. Deep three balls. The celebration. I mean, he the timeout was called. And what did he do? He He looked over to the crowd and he said, they're not ready for fill in the blank <laughs> and he knew it he knew it it's funny Steph you... actually missed two free throws could have had 52 could have had 52 the Warriors shot poorly from the free throw in the in what seemed to it be was... the most crucial point of the game it was the game seven sliders the game seven jitters you know what I'm saying that the game sliders on 2k there's yeah. a game set there's a game seven you know default and it's like yeah no Shots are going to bounce around the rim for no yeah. reason. Coaches are not going to call timeouts because, you know, they're going to need them. Refs are going to call some questionable ones. They're going to let a lot go. The game is going to get into weird flows, and that certainly happened. And in that third quarter, the Kings pretty much couldn't get out of that funk, and that's no. where the game ended. And what's crazy about Steph's performance was that he never looked to have been – in a different state of mind than he was in games one through six at all. And tonight he just ended up hitting seven threes and getting a lot of twos because he only had three field goals. And I think that now I have some takeaways about Sacramento where, man, I think the biggest one for me is that Fox wasn't Fox with the finger. He was in games one through four, Fox. And yeah. it's all good. I told you, I'm not going to, you know, bring our injuries. Part of the, into, yeah. It's part uh, of the yeah, I'm not going to hate on somebody because they won and they survived and they were healthier. It's a testament to them. If I'm, you know, breaking down how I feel about the Warriors' victory and how that forecasts into the next series, I'm, that's going to factor into takeaways because throughout the course of the series, like we said on the last pod, I kind of just swung for the sake of swinging, but – closer to tip off you just have to feel it today that golden state's got this yeah and because throughout the course of the series it's like you never know but in the end my kind of MMA analogy did prevail that the underdog the challenger took a couple round took the first couple rounds against the champ but yeah. with championship rounds the tested person that's been there made the adjustments and came away with it in the end and I think that, yeah, you know, good takeaways. And do you have some more you want to get on the sack before I kind of. So I was actually going to ask, like, was there was there a specific play or was there a specific series of plays in the game for people who didn't watch? Like, where was that game one? Was there was there was there a specific couple moments where you felt like, OK, like this is getting out of hand Sacramento might be on the ropes here. Like, what was that moment? What was that location in the game? It happened second half. It happened at least the third because the first quarter, the first half was, you the know, shootout. right on pace, you know, scoring totals wise and 
tip for tat essentially. Yeah. And in the second half, it still felt like that, and the crowd was still engaged. But every now, like every couple minutes, you would look down at the box score, and then Golden State was suddenly up like double digits. And you're like, wait, this still feels even mm-hmm. based off what I'm watching and just, you know, the, the competition level. And Sacramento wasn't – they didn't go for a prolonged cold stretch. They – I have another one after this, but it was just that you look down and you saw that Sacramento had this deficit now, and it mm-hmm. wasn't huge, but it felt insurmountable because it was like, ah, you shouldn't be here right now. And the right. reason that they were there was Kevin Looney. Yeah. Partly Kevin Looney, partly DeMontis Sabonis, because I don't know what the hell some of those box outs were. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're doing on a free throw rebound where your arms don't leave the guy that you're pinching in the middle to go yeah. grab the ball and extend. So that was very puzzling. But I also don't know when Sabonis got the black eye. He's not playing you know. with the hand, and it's just like – yeah, you know, he's given what he can at that point. This is game. You've got the battle scars now. Yeah, it's a war of attrition. It. Yeah, know? yeah. So and for me, for me, yeah. where, that's, where that's I what it was. Like... That, Looney just was a prevailing, you know, source for the Warriors. Constantly. He just kept, you know, staying keeping the ball alive around the rim. And yeah. let's give that brother his credit and read off his stat line. <laughs> he had 11, 21 boards, in the four assists. Yeah. And 10 of those boards were offensive rebounds, the other 11 defensive, and he only played 31 minutes. Yeah. Four or five from the field. So great stuff from Kevin Looney. Incredible and stuff. He had a couple performances like that. He even got his, he even got kind of his ankle rolled up on in the yeah, second quarter. And I wondered if that was going to be something that affected the outcome of the game. And, he actually flipped it. He was Superman and I really. So I want to echo your props for Kevin Looney. He had three games in the series where he had 20 plus rebounds. That's got to be, I don't know what the record is or what modern day record. Yeah. Yeah. What stratosphere that is, but that feels wilt Chamberlain ish. Yeah. No, post post Kareem. Moses Malone. That, that, yeah. Like there's probably some all time many times. Like David Robinson might have done that a couple times. Yeah. Like so Duncan Shaq. Unsung hero. We, we've talked about that. That's been a recurring theme. He's there, you know, sort of a formula, probably the play style, but yeah. Yeah. So for me, going back to the conversation on where I felt like the game was really won in the first half. The Kings had sort of extended their lead to double digits. And then by halftime, it was a two-point game. And for some reason, I just knew when you saw the Warriors walk off in the halftime, like Steph had this look of like, we're we're right where we want to be. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this game is going to be won in the first half of the third quarter because they're coming. Like they just had it. Like, And there actually was another incredibly you know momentous moment but it was the clay four-pointer to close the third quarter yeah 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 pretty inexplicable careless closeout by i believe terrence davis yeah and clay hoists it with a second left catch and shoot gets his legs taken out falls flat on his face almost i thought he almost hurt i thought he hurt himself kind of on that fall but you know got tripped in midair fell flat all net hits the free throw, 
Maybe he missed it because he missed a couple free throws too, and there was a lot of missed free throws in the third. But either yeah. way, you saw the crowd ready to go into the fourth quarter with, you know, a, still a last gasp of energy. It would have only been a seven-point deficit. Clay hits the three, 13 going yeah. into – and or instead of seven, it's 10 going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. And you knew that you didn't want to end the quarter that way. Yeah. That was momentum. Momentum's generated. It's 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 one of those things where you can't you can't closing quarters. We talk about it all the time, like just between you and me, like teams that close quarters well tend to be more successful in the postseason. Teams that don't don't. For me, coming away from this game, game seven, it felt like Sacramento took sort of like a conservative step back in the second half. It felt like they were defending the lead as opposed to playing to win and close them out. It felt like they were like, okay, we got to defend our lead. And that's a different mentality from playing to score and win the game. When when you saw Mike Brown in the huddle telling the guys, Hey, you got to go take it from them. You got to go. This game is going to be decided by who, you know, who wants it and stuff. And it's like, yeah, Kerr's not telling the Warriors that they already know that. And they can't yeah. take it from them because they know they that. already got it. <laughs> you just can't, you just can't do that with this team. You just can't do it against the Warriors. And I don't know. Shout like, out to I, those like, guys. I, I... They needed a little more from you know Kevin Hurt. They needed more from their guys like Kevin Herter and especially Sabonis' game. And like I said, the Fox Fox wasn't hundred percent for the last couple. And the Warriors did what they were supposed to do because of that. Yeah. I kind of don't have too much more on Sacramento. Malik Monk's going to get, you know, a nice extension or, you know, sign somewhere. So good for him. Well, so for me, coming away from this game, I noticed that in game seven, they opted for a lineup that included Terrence Davis and Trey Lyles a lot more because of the offensive potential between that duo as opposed to Alex Len and Davion Mitchell, which seemed to be more of their, like, defensive backup players you definitely need to upgrade from Terrence Davis in my opinion that needs that that issue needs to be addressed um yeah and keep, give and like Lyles I, I think another keep year. Lyles, but yeah just yeah you know get uh, another year for Murray's gonna be really big because I there was a second in the game where I was like all right I need more from Murray here I need I need to see more from him and then he yeah. kind of did, and then he missed a floater where he ran in on, and it's like, nah, dude, look, we need a dunk. You're six eight, and it was a floater that didn't have to be a floater, but it fit yeah. his game style, and he had already hit a couple mid range shots. But it's like, no, turn the corner, finish the drive. That's what we need right now, and it's just you know, some more of that's going to help. They'll get some pieces. They'll become more attractive now to maybe somebody that organization's always kind of gambled a bit. So I'm curious to see how they patch up and come in attack next season for sure. And and they have everybody's attention. We said was, you know, with, with this, this is the series that could put them on the map at least. Yep. So it was a great showing. And if anything, like I said, this went to a decision. They didn't get knocked out and they lost and essentially a split decision. So yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's like that. Great season, Sacramento. Great now, season. I'm glad. Oh man. Uh, let me write this down so I don't forget to bring this up. Before we record, 
I just got a push alert. All right. Now, to look ahead now into the series that will happen with the Lakers, for one, tickets are starting at about 350 before taxes and fees in crypto. <laughs> and the dates aren't really set in at all yet <laughs> because I looked. I looked. So we'll see. We'll see. Number two, I said that the law of everything is essentially going to bring this to fruition, that we would get this series. I've said that on a couple episodes now. And just lo and behold, I, you know, here we are. We now have this on the marquee. This is box office. This is going to be TV ratings, jackpot. This is, you know, we'll get a number of games. We'll probably get a suspension. We'll probably get, you know, some. we might get an ejection. We might get who knows what, and, you know, knock on wood, you know, for that, for what might happen in terms of health and we're going in blind right now. We we have the the we have the eager anticipation and just kind of blank projections going into it. Yeah, my mind's made up. Lakers are winning this. Okay, Lakers are winning it, and I and I honestly feel pretty good. Of course, I I've said this and with this last episode, I was like, all right, I'm ready to take the seatbelt off and and really hang out the window with how I feel yeah. about the Lakers. And I want to know if you feel the same or I don't, I don't think you feel the same. So I, I want to know where you stand. Yeah. I think this is going to be a very, with this, series. this is going to be a fun series. It's funny because I remember growing up like 2015, 2018, we're like another LeBron warrior series. Like, are you serious? Like again, and there would be constant complaining about the lack of parody and now, like, in 2023, we're like, give us LeBron versus Steph. Like, one more time. Like, you know what I mean? One more time. It's crazy how that to make To make yeah. the wrestler analogy, because sometimes wrestling fits in at the perfect point. It's like, yo, John Cena comes back. It's like, yo, I want to see John yeah. Cena get the belt. Like, can he get the belt one time? I'm here for that. Yeah, let's see what you, you know what I mean? So it's it's cool to feel that. Um, in terms of the game. In a scenario where Los Angeles wins, I envision them dominating the boards, and they have a few more bodies to throw at Looney, who seems to be the most aggressive one on the boards. Wiggins has been an underrated, productive rebounder as well. The Lakers are a different roster composition. They're bigger, they're longer, their arms are really long. They have this large defensive identity, but this explosive offensive capability so in a scenario where the warriors win i envision them rebounding well i envision them shooting the three ball well i think they will expose d'angelo russell a little bit and d'angelo playing one-on-one or following clay around or following pool around i think this is a series where you see pool get loose a little bit I feel like it'll be really high scoring i'm i picked the warriors to win the conference i see them winning in six so I'm gonna roll with Warriors and six. Sorry, I I think someone just got into a car accident outside uh, my apartment. I hope they're okay. It sounds buckle okay. up. <laughs> yeah, buckle up out there. Um, but no, I I I would love. I just want to go on record and say, although I do think the Warriors are going to win this series, my heart is really pulling for the Lakers. I would love to see LeBron continue this 
what seems like a strongman Herculean type like like character arc here. Like this is it would be really cool to see, I think. So I'm pretty sure Herculean is going to be in the name of this episode because he stole it from me. I have it down here. I'm glad that today, I'm glad that today Steph went for 50. I'm glad that he set a record. I'm glad that he reminded everybody that he is a top three point guard of all time. Yeah. My opinion, the only person that clears him is Magic Johnson. And my dad will make the he will reassure you of that if you were if you're, you know, on the fence. But uh, I'm really I'm so happy that he did that. I think that it was a great reminder to the league of who he is. And you know what else it was? A glimpse of what he's going to need to do in at least three or four games if they're going to beat the Lakers. They're going to need Herculean stuff. Because, man, oh, man, I'm banging this drum as hard as I can. This defense and this team's ability to crash the boards and play scrappy and play tough and combine that on nights when shots might be falling as well with the right lineups is going to be too much for the Warriors. It just will. Golden State is Kevin Looney. Like I said, man, I gave you your props. You're going to go to war in this series again, too. I know that brother's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. But guess what? You're not boxing out Sabonis again. And who's Sacramento's power forward? You don't have Harrison Barnes crashing the side. You don't have Keegan Murray crashing the side. You're not tipping balls over Malik Monk. And... You take Drake, you take Draymond and you take Looney. That is the Warriors front court. They don't play a big off the bench. I'm sorry, you're not going to stop Anthony Davis and this team with guys that are six six. You're not gonna put me out there. It's gonna be tough. And think that, yeah, for a series, we're gonna play the numbers, we're gonna play the odds. No, this team doesn't have it. This team doesn't have the lineups to play playoff basketball with this team for a series, unless Steph goes Hercules, probably in, again, all-time fashion. Now, I have some more stats that are kind of going to support my my argument. And with Anthony Davis, he's a player where the numbers really don't lie in his career. When you look at them and they, they add up, and there's not many people whose numbers add up the same way. But Anthony Davis and LeBron James in the postseason – They've played 32 games together. What do you think their record is? 28 and four. Well, that that's, no, that's, I mean, not too far off from that. That would be impeccable. That would mean that over the course of three or four post, three post seasons or so, you only lost four games. Yeah, they've lost like four games. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, 22 I, and I, 10. I don't so they were, they're 22 and 10 together in the postseason all time. Five of those losses were in the bubble. They went 4-1 over Portland, 4-1 over Houston, 4-1 over Denver, 4-2 against Miami. Two of those losses, or three of those losses were against Phoenix when the Lakers were an eight seed or a seven seed, I forgot. They barely made it. And remind I reminded folks that that series was 2-1 Lakers, and we had Andre Drummond. Shadow shimmying Anthony Davis 
in the in the closing minutes of game three at home, crowd going crazy. And then Anthony Davis gets hurt. So in that series, two games he plays less than 20 minutes because he can't go. So that accounts for two of those 10 losses. Another one was a game they just lost straight up. And then there's the two losses this year to Memphis. Wow. They've take they've gotten everybody out of there. The only team they've lost, the only team they lost to in a series where they played together was the Suns. And that team was not this team. So, you know, LeBron has the closeout game record. That's ridiculous. Anthony Davis and him now collectively has this number where that's very impressive. I, I didn't pull up, you know, comparable stats, but to say we've only dropped a handful of games and we've never lost a series unless one of us felt, you know, was yeah. gone due to injury. I think they again have the pieces to get past that. I describe the Warriors with another wrestling analogy. This is a good Sunday. As you know, the Western Conference is going to be a Royal Rumble. Can anybody yeah. throw the Warriors over the top rope? Can yeah. they eliminate them? Yeah. And the Warriors, I mean, the Lakers, I think are going to land, you know what I'm saying? That that spot that gets the Warriors over the top rope and the crowd pops. I think they got they have what it takes. I certainly do feel myself pulling for the Lakers just between these two teams. I would love to see LeBron and AD really go in and just win this series. But I think the Warriors might have found their swag. They survived. They survived. They 100% did. I and think they, they they've got us. They've got, got I, I, right. I'm saying this because I'm at the point where I, like I said, I'll take it on the chin. But this team hasn't lied to me with how I feel about them so far. And you get these gut feelings when you know your team can go all the way. And it's like, unless something goes really wrong, I think this is this is clicking. But yeah. I know I know who the Warriors are. But I know what I've seen from them this year. That defense is not that it's not great. That team doesn't play well on the road. This Laker team now has a pretty nice home court advantage. But yeah. Steph, they're all gonna show up for this moment. This is this stage is filled with folks who know what to do on this stage. So we're gonna get fireworks. Yeah. We're going to get fireworks, but I just don't think that it's there. I think the ham, I think the Lakers still have cards they haven't played to. Like maybe we're in a, in a moment where, like you said, D'Angelo Russell isn't the one that needs to be in and playing 30 minutes. Maybe it's Dennis Schroeder. Maybe it's another guard. Maybe we play bigger. Maybe, you know, we get these forwards out there who can move their feet and we keep crashing the boards What's going to win, threes or rebounds? On some nights, the threes are going to win. It's not going to, you know, prevail on, you know, at its culmination. That's, you know, a common understanding in this game. So I'm, yeah. I'm factoring that into it, and I'm just uh, – I'm here to give that take and deliver that. I don't expect this to be a walkover, but I think it's – it this I, my scale is leaning towards the Lakers, and it's yeah. not it's not that close. I want I we'll see how it plays out. The Warriors do have home court. I think the Lakers can go in there and get one of these first two. They could. They very well could. I think, uh, think it, so. it is ironic that the Warriors have home court in this. In Barely, yeah. This series. I don't know why, but both are such low seats, so it's they both the, don't the Lakers. The Lakers was on, were on them in the last couple games of the season. And yeah. 
ended up in the seven, had to get out of the plane and all that. So, but Clay was four for 19 today. Poor, yeah, uncharacteristically poor shooting night. Game seven sliders, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll throw that out there. And Clay's, Clay's not going to stop shooting. So yeah, gonna he's going to have the nights where it looks really bad, but that's just because he's trained. He's, he's wired. He's wired like he's that. He's an assassin. He's a straight shooter. Yeah. yeah. So he actually was over 20 in five of the seven games in that series, average wow. 21. Yeah. So pretty consistent with what he did over the regular season. He's been durable. He's been able to play 37, 38, 40 minutes. I think you'll need that again. You might need yeah. a little more. Yeah, but, he and he's getting it, but he's kind of getting it more now by just a constant volume. Yeah. It doesn't scare me. Yeah. I think, you know, with the right closeouts, he's not going to – the off the dribble isn't there. He's got this one shot going to the left baseline. He's going to hit that every now and then. But the off the dribble isn't there. And yeah. the teams now know to close out knowing that Clay is going to shoot as soon as it touches his hands. So yeah. as long as we're there, we're, we're going to be there. And, you know, I'm just talking myself into it. I mean, I can't wait for it. Like I said, I'm yeah. going to try and, and sneak my way into crypto if I can because well, my this hands is are a little bucket tight list stuff. My my hands are tied because I picked the Warriors to come out of the conference, but I've said I'm pulling for the Lakers. I would love to see them win. I think the Warriors space them out. They make life a little difficult for for their big lineups, and that's and, the way and, they're going to win. And Steph, like I said, the 50 piece today, fantastic, great remind, man, standout performance. Stephen Curry, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, give this man his respect. Yeah, those those layups aren't going in over AD. Big difference. Getting the soft touch floater. I'm gonna put my body on top of you in midair against Demontis Sabonis, who was pretty defleated. De- Can I just go on the podcast? Pretty... I actually invent about this real quick. I don't, I don't enjoy the Stephen Curry. I got in front of you off the pick and roll, and I'm in this little in between elbow and block area. And when I go up for a floater, I'm gonna kind of jump backwards into you. And then, like, push my shot forward like I got pushed from behind by the defender. He gets away with that a lot. Steph, Steph, if you're listening to this, just know I'm on you for that. I'm calling it out. I'm going to count how many times he does that in game one, and I'm coming back with a number. America, I'm coming back. Trey Young is taking that ball and ran with it. Trey Young has done that. Part of Steph's brilliance is that he has figured out how to implement his body into what he does in order to preserve it. A. But also just to his advantage, I've I brought this out. He he's he has these layups where he jumps to pretty much take away the defender's upward you mobility know, momentum. Yeah. And to where it's like, yeah, now I got my me where I want to be in midair. I can do I can put I can put this ball up from anywhere. Yeah. At any, you know, arc. And now I feel cool because you're not blocking it. And I'm gonna probably land and fall. And this is going to be safer for me because I'm where I want to be and I can hit it, might get the whistle. All this is going into his advantage and he's perfected it. You're yeah. just matching this now with the best defender there is in the NBA. And I've made these cases for AD. I, that's like I said, the best player in the world title is out there. The Electoral College is waiting to cast their vote. Yeah. Somebody has to get it by the end of this postseason. And I think that his defensive upside is just going to be a constant display in this series. And yeah. we have to account for that. I guess, you know, the 50 ball was, it was immaculate, dude. I really, I can't get over that 50 piece. 
And I'm just joking now. I'm not trying to downplay it, but point being, he's I you know, like I said, he had the 13, he had the 13 twos today. Yeah. On really on over 60%. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be a little tougher. It's gonna be a little tougher in the paint. This next it'll be, series. It'll be a fun series. I'm really excited for that to get going. The the var- a variable pool. Yeah. Maybe he gets a little loose this series. Pool's a variable. But you know, he, we also think that if the boat starts rocking too heavy, that he's the one that's not gonna, you know, anchor down the boat. Yeah. So if you know, but there's there's gonna be the moments the you know, we got a great one. We got another great one on our hands and that's something I'm really looking forward to. And with that, man, see you, Sacramento. We'll talk about you some more. We didn't get to get, we didn't get to have the Sacramento Queens soundbite come yeah, back, we so we'll just drop it in, in remembrance, and uh, we'll move along with what else is happening. I want to spend some time on Denver and Phoenix because Denver, man, they ran away with one in game one at home they did and i i was putting together clips and was going to make a nice you know little reel and all this or that of points i was you know listing off in the last five minutes of episode 11 and i was like yeah screw it but dude i I spelled out a good chunk of what was going what i felt like was going to happen in that series because i've watched denver this year yeah and i know that team has four quarters in them of a rapid pace of 10, 11, 12 guys that will slot into that pace. And the person I was watching was Michael Porter. I liked what I saw a lot. Jokic didn't have to dominate, but he dominated the boards. Mm-hmm. Murray, 37 piece. The Murray has one of the cleanest makes in the NBA. I don't know how we could track that, but when his jumpers fall, they fall beautifully. Yeah. And when you see when he that was happening early and it's like, oh, man, this is a game there. This is a game they win when Mm -hmm. when Murray's got the the touch like that. Yeah. And man, Phoenix is not going to run this track meet with Denver. They're not. Devin Booker was a little shaken up. Bruce Brown, he was in the he was in practice with Kevin Durant. Yeah. In Brooklyn. He He, he was he was scout team. He was Giannis, probably. <laughs> you know, he had the 34 on the practice jersey and was, was you know, simulating yeah. what KD would be playing. You know, he's a, he knows how to battle with that guy. Yeah. And Denver has these players that haven't been given their credit, but they retooled their roster and they've got pieces now. They've got way more than than, than Phoenix does. They've got just way more bodies Well, to that go. was the big thing with Phoenix, right, that we said. It, it was their, their lack of depth and – borderline their inability to defend like they don't they don't have an answer for it it feels like phoenix is very reliant on devin booker getting 40 for them to be in the game and and he was flustered you know might have just been game one phoenix could very well come out and shoot the lights out game two but it also feels like booker wasn't as engaged defensively might i add for game one, I think that Devin Booker, I've never been a big believer in Booker on as an individual defender, 
And I think partially that's because he has such a huge offensive responsibility, but he's engaged more so than other superstars at Luka Doncic. But <laughs> at the end of the day, it's not about individual defense. I know Booker just caught astray for me, but that that Phoenix Suns team is going to have to defend as a unit. Their bench is going to have to defend as a unit. And you're, the analogy of the, the tools and the toolkit, Denver just has way more than Phoenix does. Now, could this be different next year? Definitely. But this iteration of the Suns team doesn't – I don't see them getting it done on the defensive end. And I think that's going to be their biggest Achilles heel. They're going to go crazy on offense. I know that. KD yeah. and Booker are going to combine for a season. No, man, yeah. I mentioned that for explicitly on the last episode was that this team isn't going to get to play some elementary varsity level even defense against Denver and then just focus on offense. Like, no, yeah. these guys are going to be putting a lot of energy out on the defensive end. And in turn, if you're playing 40-plus minutes, how are you going to close? So, yeah. I don't know. They have adjustments. I don't know the health status of Terrence Ross and TJ Warren, but those are guys that they acquired, and they can put them out there, which makes them more, you know, potent. So – that's an option. And, you know, of course, those guys are just going to respond. They're not going to go out like that either. And yeah. the Nuggets will have the nights where everything isn't clicking. And I expect Phoenix yeah. to get some home games in, the, in this series. So I sound, I, I did, you know, beat the Nuggets drum pretty hard. But Phoenix is going to have a word as well. I expect that to happen. But we'll, we'll talk about it. We yeah. had another game today, that being the Knicks and the Heat. Rivalry renewed. Rivalry. If you weren't, if you didn't hear, in case you missed it, but the broadcasting was kind of on top of it today. <laughs> but interesting game. The Heat went in and did what they do, and that was another point that we said to look out for with this team was that Jimmy has it at the top of the game, and he can push the gas to close. Yeah. In between, they're out there, you know, pulling the wool over your eyes a little bit but they're getting it done because those guys are stepping up and they're getting contributions across the board from the enough people on any given night. And this series is going to be now, uh, you know, some health questions come into the focus. Julius Randle apparently is needed for the Knicks to have a chance. I don't think we would have disagreed with that at any point. No. And Jimmy Butler had an ankle injury today. He said, it feels like a rolled ankle. Road ankles aren't great, but they're not the end of the world either. So something that we'll have to kind of see. But Miami did it again. They went in there and yeah. took home court. So No Julius Randle. No Julius Randle. Jimmy was the alpha again. And if he's the alpha, he has a good chance he of coming out wins. on top. So There was no Julius Randle. I assume that has an impact on the outcome of today's result. I did take a little bit of a nap in between the third quarter on accident. That lasted until the end of the game. <laughs> but, you know, no, let's I, get, let's, we'll, we'll touch yeah. on them maybe a little bit in our power rankings, but we'll, we'll yeah. devote one of these weeknights to what we see in the game down. because now the, the calendar isn't as busy and we'll we'll get to highlight them a bit, a bit more. But we had the game seven today and that, that was that was what it was all yeah, about. That was but the focal point. Let's run through volume three of the playoff power rankings. Casual diehard edition. Let's do it. You uh, you want me to go first? I can go first. Go for it. 
So at the top, I not much has changed with my top three. At one, I have Boston. They closed out Atlanta in an emphatic fashion. I have them at the top. At two, I have the Lakers. And at three, I have the Denver Nuggets. So that much hasn't changed. At four, I have Golden State. Game seven momentum. At five, I have Miami. They I'll shot up Miami. the list from eight. They shot the list from seven previously. At six, I have Philadelphia. <laughs> Got to show some respect to the opponents. A lot of sixes on that one. A lot, a lot of sixes. Um, yeah, I show respect to the opponents. We don't, you know, interpret anything. They're a good team. We don't know the status of Embiid. We'll put them at six. At yeah. seven, I have Phoenix. They slid down previously from five. Yeah. And at eight, I have the New York Knicks. What if I told you that my list is identical, except I have L.A. at number one? Yeah, that makes sense. I, w- I would tell you that you were a kid from L.A. No, thank you. you. You'd be correct. <laughs> I, I've thought about playing some musical chairs because, in my opinion, I was like, each, each is kind of stair case who's beating who. Yeah. I think the Warriors are probably getting past anybody outside of the Lakers, yeah. Celtics. And I honestly think they would beat the Nuggets, but the Nuggets had an emphatic showing yeah. to go off of in this game too. So I was like, nope, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep Denver right there. So as you were going through, I was like, all right, I wonder if we differ because I Miami's clearly next out of, you know, the Eastern Conference teams. But Philly has to be right there because we don't know. It's almost like we've forgotten right. they're, they're in the postseason. Yeah, there, but it, there, we, we, we've spoken about this team just because the Wilson there isn't going to lay down because they do have pieces and they they are going to get they're going to find ways to score. They have you know a guy who is counting points and assists. You know, <laughs> has done. He, he knows how to he knows how to get them on. <laughs> he knows the board. how to play in transition a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he he does he does this basketball thing in a tad. He goes out as well on the weekends. He's got a great social life. <laughs> so. Philly has to be there because Philly was a top three, top four, you know, yeah, candidate until on. the Embiid injury. So it's like, we don't know yet. And if the series is long enough, things could change 100%. The beauty of the game. Phoenix at seven because, yeah, the signs the, the signs showed. We, we, we caught the glimpse, but it came against the Clippers. And we were like, well, we need to see this against stiffer competition. Yeah. Game one, they had some stiffer competition. Quick note, does this game, does this series, the outcome of this series for Phoenix, what implications does this have on Monty Williams? I'm curious, especially with some of the coaching spots that may or may not free up due to changes in the league. Just something to note. Just something to note. It feels like as long as Chris Paul is there, Monty Williams is going to be there. How long will Chris Paul be there? That might depend on the outcome of this series. Because new, new owner... New owner guy over there, Ishbia. Who's great, he, by the way. Great. He might be like, okay, yeah, I like Booker and Durant. That's $40 million. I would gladly spend somewhere else. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll highlight that one. Interesting. Yeah, we'll, we'll highlight, highlight that, that in the future. Stay and tuned. Right, and if we're going to move – wow, I like what you did there. I like what you did there. If we move CP, yeah, how about we get a new coach? <laughs> I see what you did there. And ironically – I didn't mean to do that. that. That seems dismissive. But ironically enough, we both have the Knicks at eight. 
which yeah. we start, we gave them their respect, but hey, the 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 field it's a is a different the, level now. The field is dwindling. Yeah. Second round really separates, I think, the pretenders from the contenders. First rounds always feels really close for everyone. Yeah, the line second is second round, yeah. you see the four ones a little more often. So very interesting that Celtics play tomorrow. Tune in, everybody. I'm excited for the boys to get out there. You're here for that. Yeah. In case you missed your Philadelphia 76ers, they're back on television tomorrow. The East runs through Beantown. Billy had eight days off. Had a long time. I wow. wonder what that does to the rhythm. Wow. Yeah. Harden probably loved it. <laughs> Harden probably enjoyed it. I know he was in Vegas, probably he having a good it. time, enjoying enjoying the wine, enjoying the food, of course. Oh, I had th- – thanks. We'll close with this. <laughs> I just had so I said I had the push alert earlier, yeah. and it was something yeah, yeah, that I yeah. wanted Let's to see to how it played out yeah. because I just wanted to I just wanted to mess with you. But Let's do it. The Boston Bruins, ladies and gentlemen, of the National Hockey League, had a remarkable regular season. They did. They were the talk of the town. This is a basketball podcast, but the New England faithful, the Boston, Massachusetts faithful. They were bleeding black and gold for the Bruins. They were this this season. At least that's the that's word in the street. You know that's the so, word on the puck. From, from, that's from, the word on the rink. For coworkers of mine, you know that from the East Coast, you know they're a little more jazzed about the Bruins than they were about the Celtics. Even though you know they both were, you know, the top teams in their league or whatever. The number one seed Bruins record-breaking season ends in first round of Stanley Cup playoffs with 4-3 game seven loss to Panthers in overtime. Incredible effort by the Panthers, man. That is the uh, verbatim ESPN push, push alert. And I just wanted to mess with you, like I said, and say, hey, yeah. you know, sometimes these these hometowns, these sports hey. towns, there's some, uh, there's some overarching – connections between the clubs you know philly i'll was say making, this i'll say this i'll say this Philly well, was making a run the same time that the that the the phillies and yeah. the eagles you know were championship yeah. bound and oh man the bruins they went down hey knock on you wood no that's the beautiful thing about sports yeah. you never know and uh i'd like to quote joel Embiid in this time before uh before tip-off and i will say this joel Embiid was asked about the Celtics and Philadelphia 76ers rivalry. Excuse my French. He said, there is no rivalry. They always kick our ass. And I look forward to Boston hopefully doing the same. I know this is going to be a dogfight. Those boys in Philadelphia are going to get running. They're going to hit shots. They're going to crash the, the glass. But I believe in these guys. I believe in them. I like. I Boston. do, I do too, man. I'm in, I'm, in the, I'm in there. I'm in the backseat. You got you got shotgun. Jason Tatum's behind the wheel. I'm in the back next to JB. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm Everybody rolling right. with you. I'm rolling. Well, Everybody have a good week. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you interacting with the pod. And Episode 12. By all means, leave a leave a heartfelt review rating of nothing less than five out of five. JK. However please you do. please. We just hope you sit down and enjoy the conversation talking hoops because that's the thing to do around this time of year. 
with all that, we got a great round to look ahead. And we're going to be here this week. You'll hear we're from us. We, you are going to hear from us because these games are going to get some attention now and things like that. So, ladies and gentlemen, till next time. Peace.